When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today is Tuesday, July 21st, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 368 with Celtics team reporter Mark D'Amico is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Another new edition of Celtics Beat. Sorry, a couple of days delayed. I know being released on a Tuesday, but hey, the world is not an ordinary place right now. And uh, here is some good news. It looks like a little normalcy might be on the way with regard to sports, depending on when you're listening to this. I mean, here on a Tuesday, you got some spring training baseball games going on. We are days away from exhibition basketball. And of course, next week, we're going to have the restart of the season. So let's jump right into it here with Celtics team reporter Mark D'Amico. Of course, you know our producer, Evan Valenti, as well. Guys, how are you, bud? I'm excited. I'm ready to get some NBA basketball here in, in the next week or two. So uh, Celtics start up with scrimmages soon. Sports are back. Yeah. Now, it couldn't be any better but than not, that. I'm knocking on wood right now, guys. I'm just going <laughs> to be that guy. <laughs> Which is fair. It's totally understandable. But I'm first and foremost for me, Mark, why aren't you in the bubble? What's going on? Well, you know, so we we had the option to send one person um, from our group down there, and I was certainly in the conversation. I had to go through all the testing. Um, I don't know. It must have been a week and a half, two weeks of testing every other day, and then the final three days, all three days had to be tested. But um, what we decided in the end is that as great as it would be for, for me to be there, um, we really needed to have a camera and a producer there um, who could really document, you know, what's going on down there. And who knows, 20 years from now, we might be having a, a, a last dance coming out of this for the, for the Boston Celtics. So we wanted to have a camera there um, who, who, who could obviously like shoot everything that we needed for B-roll for practices and whatnot. Um, Cause we have some, some partnership, um, you know, assets that we need to come out of practices and games and whatnot. So we need that footage. Um, he can also take he's a photographer as well Mm -hmm. Uh, so he he could just provide more things that we absolutely needed for our business purposes Um, and so so we sent him down there Matt Carney is a producer down there representing the Celtics he's been doing a great job so far I know there's been a lot of conversation though about and Brad Stevens has talked about this when the bubble does expand when obviously the teams that don't make the playoff tournament are ousted they go home and then maybe after the first round when it it tightens up a little bit with regard to the number of people that are there currently that list shrinks and then it expands to where maybe friends more likely family can come down 
for the teams, does that apply as well? Like, let's say the Celtics are playing in the conference finals. Are you going to potentially, maybe it's not you, but someone from the team, will you guys be able to have more people there to document all this? Yeah, we haven't heard anything about that yet. I My anticipation is that that won't be the case, but it's possible. Um, you never know what, what the league's going to decide as we move forward. And they're, they're learning things about this whole bubble every single day. So sure. things could change. You know, what is that? Probably two months from now when, when we get to that point, when we're talking about midway through the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, late in the playoffs. So certainly that could happen. But my bet right now, just based upon where we are today, is that that won't be the case. Uh, I, I think only players will have some family members coming down, family or friends, whatever the situation may be. But I, and the other thing that I think might, might expand is coaching staffs. Yeah. Brad Stevens has certainly been pushing for that. Um, so, so, you know, I know he's not the only coach in the league that would love to have his entire staff down there to support the players on a daily basis. So uh, those are my two, number one and number two on the totem pole are certainly players, family, and friends. And then right behind that, I would think, as the rest of the coaching staff. And then I, I don't think Mark D'Amico is very high on that list. But, you know, if they wind up being able to send a second person, that'd be great. I'd love to experience it. And I'd love to be able to document it for everyone out there. Look, Mark, you're top three, man. That's a good, that's a good spot to be. Top I don't three. know about that. I, I just said one, two, and then I threw my name in there. I don't know. We're going to we're gonna put you at three. You're on the totem pole somewhere. <laughs> well, and we were talking about it before the show. And, you know, obviously from a health and safety standpoint, it's one week in the bubble, but things are really good right now. I think it was about 350 tests that were administered or players tested, never mind the number of tests, players tested. And so far, zero positive tests have come back, which I think is noteworthy for a number of reasons. One, such a big deal made out of this snitch hotline and, you know, reported violations. And, and obviously, Ennis Cantor talked about it the other day, said, hey, we're good. We're listening. We're not doing anything wrong. We're only worried about ourselves, which is the right mentality to have, quite frankly. Don't go worried about be worried about what Dwight Howard's doing or something like that. Be concerned with yourself, focused on the moment. That's what they're doing. Things are going well. But I think where it's more notable is that this is happening in Florida, clearly, where things are from a a national standpoint. I mean, it's worse in, in that county, in that area of Orlando, than it is in most states still across the country. So, uh, we have been, as Evan alluded to before, we've been skeptical on the show about whether this is actually going to happen, but it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, yesterday's news literally couldn't have gotten any better, right? Like zero positive tests. You can't have negative positive tests, right? <laughs> so zero is the best you can get. Yeah. The NBA couldn't have asked for anything better. What stands out most to me about those results from yesterday is that it's not just the players and, and the staff that flew down there with the team. It's the players who have trickled in since then. You know, you've got James Harden who's trickled in since then. You've got multiple players from around the league who have trickled in. So they were, um, you know, who, who knows what they were exposed to in the elements in the cities that they flew in from. Then they flew in without the team. They got into the bubble. What I'm seeing is that the NBA's protocol to get those players and, you know, like we just spoke about, if family members and whatnot come down into the bubble later on uh, as we move forward and deeper into the playoffs, they've got a protocol in place that can keep the bubble intact. Uh, that That's what stands out most to me because the team and the players that flew down together that were tested within 24 hours before their flight and flew down as a group and some of them in hazmat suits as we saw with Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. uh, but all of them wearing, you know, masks and whatnot. I know that the Celtics players had kits that were, that were on the plane when they arrived that had gloves and masks and everything that they needed 
that's not what I was worried about. I was worried about people who were trickling in afterward. And, and as we're seeing, the NBA has figured out a way to protect its bubble with those people who were coming in afterward and putting them in a certain amount of quarantine time um, and then putting them through the testing proto- protocol. That's what stands out most to me uh, when, when we look at those negative tests from yesterday. The bubble is intact, and, and they've been able to keep it intact even with those people coming in later. Do you have an optimism? And it's I recognize, and we've asked this of all of our guests, this is impossible to, to really predict and, and to even have a pulse on because a virus is just that. But just based on what you've seen, what you've heard, the way people feel, if you've talked to any players directly, staff members, coaches, you know, I don't know what kind of conversation you can share, but do you have an optimism that this is not only going to start, we are less than a couple of weeks away, but that it's going to finish, that come the fall we're going to have a champ for this season? There's no reason for me to not be optimistic, right? Like, as we just talked about, zero positive tests through this point in, in what has it been, two weeks at least down there, I think? Mm-hmm. Actually, two weeks tomorrow, I think, for the Boston Celtics. So these guys have been down there for a while. They've been practicing. Now what's interesting is that they're about to move into playing against other teams. And you've got, you know, you, you, each team has its own bubble, as you can see in, in a lot of the videos that Ennis Cantor and the players have been sending out. They're kind of sticking to themselves right now. They can't interact with the other players yet. They're going to be banging bodies, you know, real soon, starting Friday for the Celtics and going into some scrimmaging. So that's going to be the first time that they're actually involving people outside of their team bubble. Um, So that's what I'm most interested to see moving forward. But, yes, I'm optimistic. I feel like this is going to happen. You asked about, you know, what, what have I seen? I've seen that this thing doesn't spread rapidly within teams. We have not seen an NBA team that even, you know, before the hiatus started, but when players started to test positive around those final couple days, we didn't see this thing spreading rapidly throughout a basketball team that is sharing a plane, that is showering in the same showers, that is passing a basketball amongst each other on the court. Mm -hmm. It doesn't spread rapidly. So I think if the bubble, you know, is penetrated and someone tests positive, I think it's only going to be maybe one person a team, maybe two people. I think it's going to be a very low number if it even gets to that point. Um, so I, I do think that we're going to be able to carry this through until the end. There's no reason for me to think otherwise based upon the way that this thing has reacted and spread within the NBA. It hasn't spread rapidly. So, so I'm very optimistic that this thing is not only going to start in a couple of weeks, but that it's going to finish in mid-October. So what's the countdown then until the Celtics win the championship? About three months? Well, it depends on how many games they win it in in the final, right? <laughs> oh, wow. I, I posted a picture yesterday on Instagram and Twitter. I just happened to find this picture of Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker, and Romeo Langford, and they were all looking up and pointing like this. I said, this is a picture from December 2020, and these three guys are watching Banner 18 go up to the Raptors. Picture from the future, <laughs> yeah, right? Sounds I'm good. predicting it. Top of the DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gray Sports Almanac. How do you mm-hmm. feel about this group? You know, I think that uh, it's so it's it's evident. You know, you talked about some of the videos that Dennis Cantor's been putting out, and it's very clear the way they talk about one another. And this goes back to obviously prior to the pause to the season. This is a, it's sort of the antithesis of last year. It's a very close, bonded, unified group, all focused on that one goal. You are someone who is much closer to these guys than the vast majority of us on a daily basis under normal circumstances. You see how they're, you know, how they are, how they interact away from the media, away from the press. I mean, they're truly, you know, guys that are, that are good friends. They hang out. How much of an experience 
that this is as unusual as it is. I, I like, I think this potentially, I'm not going to single out any teams. It could tear some teams apart potentially, but the Celtics, it seems like they are one of the rare groups that could really be brought closer together. How do you feel about it? I, I honestly didn't think they could get any closer the way that they had been all season long. And, and you talked about how I kind of am behind the veil a little bit. I can see these guys on a day-to-day basis. The way that they talk in public about each other is not a farce. It's real. Like they, they really do care about each other. Um, they really do get along really well. So I expect nothing to change from that standpoint down in Orlando. These guys are a family and that's how they're going to operate. Um, what, what I really, what stands out to me most about this team since it's gotten back together and it started individual practices um, in Boston probably three weeks ago at this point, um, at least actually. Yeah, three weeks ago at this point. Um, exactly three weeks ago at this point. They started individual workouts. But what I'm seeing is since they got down to Orlando, everything that is coming out of their mouths is what you want to hear. It's given me great vibes. These guys are concentrated on trying to win. They weren't concentrated on the food those first couple days. They weren't concentrated on the fact that they're in a bubble and they can't go out and do whatever they want. They're not concentrated on their sleeping accommodations. Uh, They're not concentrating on getting tested every day. They don't care. Like their minds are in the right place and they are concentrating on the task at hand. And that's trying to get ready and prepare themselves for a deep playoff run to, to potentially win a championship. You look around the league, and, you know, you, you haven't heard any players complaining recently. It, it was mostly in those first three, four, five days that teams were starting to go down there and people didn't like necessarily what they were finding. But you look around the league and a lot of players on other teams, they were complaining about their situation. And none of the Celtics did that. The Celtics, from the second they landed down there, were concentrating on the task at hand. And to me, that's telling me that they are able to compartmentalize, which is something that Brad Stevens preaches every day, compartmentalize your day-to-day um, and, and what, what your task is at hand. They're doing that right now. And to me, that, that's got to give them a mental uh, advantage as they start to go into these games. Even if it was just a few days advantage, like they're going to have some form of an advantage of the way that they've gone in there and the mental approach that they're taking into this bubble. Yeah. I was, you kind of stole my thunder there, Mark. I, I feel like, whether it's at Butler or, you know, even the first year when Kyrie was was hurt and, and not with the team, the biggest hallmark of Brad Stevens' teams have always been chemistry, togetherness, uh, throughout, again, all his entire Celtics tenure. And if you go back to Butler and watch those teams at Butler, those guys would kill for each other. It's really just sort of a hallmark here. How you, You're with Brad all the time, um, you know, whether it's, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, or off the camera somewhere else. How, when you listen to him speak to his players, you, you can obviously tell that he, his voice resonates a lot. Is it, is it just something that he, he just simplifies, simplifies everything for everybody and, and just breaks it down to this, the easiest thing for each player to understand? Because it just feels like, it, and, I, and I hate to maybe tout them too much, as I, I haven't seen literally every team's you know, social media account, mm-hmm. but it seems like the Celtics are bonding together a little bit more publicly than maybe every other team. And maybe that's, maybe that's, because Brad is just so good at getting people to come together. I'm not really quite sure about that. Well, I think this is part Brad, part Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge put the right guys together on this team that are going to get along, right? Like he admitted after last season, he didn't do that, right? Like last season's team, it had way too, it was too deep. If, if you could ever think that you could actually say that about an NBA team, it was too deep. It had too much talent. The 
personalities collided a little bit. He took ownership of that. And then going into this season, he wanted to draft correctly. He wanted to bring the right people in from the draft. He wanted to sign the right people from free agency to make up this roster. So it's part Danny Ainge constructing it. And then it's handing it off to Brad Stevens to use that, that uh, approach that you just spoke about. And really for, for Brad Stevens, what always has stood out to me is that players are comfortable in who they are when they're in Boston, because he asks them to be the, the best player they can be within what they do. Well, he mm-hmm. doesn't ask, you know, a Shemi to come in and be a point guard, right? He doesn't ask him to handle a ball. He asks him to, to play defense and to shoot threes. Work on those two things. You can do those two things. Um, Kyrie Irving, when he was here, and Kemba Walker, obviously those guys are going to handle the ball a lot, and they're going to take a lot of shots. Jason Tatum, same thing. But he's not going to ask guys to do things that they're not great at. And you can't say that about every coach around the league. Sometimes, you know, if, um, you know, say, for instance, if, Gordon Hayward went out and someone had to step into the starting lineup. Brad Stevens is going to ask that player to still be who they are rather than trying to do what Gordon Hayward would do if he was in there. So Brad Stevens just continually concentrates on what these guys do well. And I think that makes them comfortable in who they are, which then exudes even more positivity throughout, throughout the locker room. I think it's kind of just like a chain reaction, a domino effect, however you want to phrase it. And it all starts with the way that he, ask these players to kind of buy into the system and be who they are and not ask them to be anyone else. Well, you just said it. It's do what you do well. Brad says it all the time. It's very Bill Belichickian as well, if you will. Uh, let's uh, first take a quick break. Tell you there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports slowly making their way back. UFC, NASCAR, soccer leading the way. PGA, of course, as well. Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for upcoming matches this weekend, even today. If you want to jump into preseason baseball and you have opening day coming up on Thursday as well. As far as NBA futures go. Lakers and Clippers in this bubble environment, if you want to believe there is a favorite, given that everyone has kind of an equal playing field and it kind of comes down to talent more than anything else and will to win and mentality and all that stuff we've talked a bunch about, you can at least get odds on the Lakers to win the whole thing. Plus 240, led by LeBron James, Anthony Davis, of course. Clippers are plus 300. You have the Bucks plus 325. You want some value, maybe. Celtics are plus 1400. If you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, UFC happening every single day for you to check out. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device. Join now to receive your new welcome bonus. Start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Adam, can so we get talking- we got to we got to get Bet Online or somebody yeah, to do odds on if Tatum could have if we were to do a longest drive contest, if Tatum would have the longest drive. Because <laughs> I've been his his sweat. I mean, I'm so like, all right, I'm pissed because Tatum. Uh, I I gotta imagine has been playing golf for that long. Uh, but would smoke no, like probably me a month, only a couple yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, he would smoke yeah. me in a longest drive contest, and I'm a little upset about it. Like I, I'm I'm not okay with this at all whatsoever. It's not cool. their raw power, man. Athletes not, are athletes. It's unbelievable. Sources tell fair. me. Sources tell me. Oh, from, from inside the bubble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason Tatum hits bombs. He hits bombs. Like there's no doubt about it. He yeah. just doesn't know where they're going yet. So <laughs> he, he can hit it far, but he does not know where it's going yet all the time. Mm. Yeah. How's the I short mean, game? We know how. Can he? Yeah, can he well, pitch a little bit? That That's I, why I, people always say, "Hey, you hit him straight today." Yeah, yeah. Evan, no. I'm with you. <laughs> 
because I, I obviously I've been playing this game since I was 15, 16 years old. I can't hit a far or straight, so I don't know where it's going, <laughs> and I can't hit a far. So I don't I don't know how this guy just walks onto the course and is able to hit bombs every day. It's not fair, Mark. It's not fair. Yeah. See, I've only I mean I'm I got to tell you it, if I if there were I don't maybe there is if there was like a professional mini golf circuit I'm on it I'm a great mini golfer elite. You know, I'm out there betting money every time I'm playing. When it comes to real golf, Ooh, I'm you only bet your, or against your kids? No, no, and I'll take you on any day. I'm out there. Let's let's go. Give give me the 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 wheelbarrow, all the all the uh, you know the windmill, everything. I'm in. Let's go. But uh, when it when it comes to real golf, I've only done it twice in my entire life. That's the beauty of it. If you're really bad at it and you don't do it often, you can't be disappointed. Well, there, here's the real problem: is that there's a lot of people who do it often and are still really bad. at it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You might be able to throw me in that group. Yeah, I think it's probably throw most people in that group. <laughs> but uh, obviously with the Celtics coming back and the uh, the restart roster has been announced, no surprises. Everybody's there, plus the, the two-way guys, Taco Fall and uh, Tremont Waters, though Tremont dealing with uh, – he's currently, as we talk, in the NBA's concussion protocol, although it sounds like to any degree a concussion is not serious, that it may not last too much longer, could be back in time for uh, the games. I don't know, quite frankly, and nobody opted out, by the way. I think people know that by now. But every Celtic is going to be there, uh, at least until, you know, Robin Hayward has a baby. If the Celtics are still there, then Gordon, you know, likely leaves. But how deep uh, – What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, his wife is pregnant. I think she's going to have a baby during this whole thing too, so – Mm. Obviously not not a, a high roster player in terms of sure. minutes played, but you know another player that might be bouncing out for a little bit. Well, and that that's exactly where I was going to go though. I I haven't thought a lot about this. Maybe you have. When it comes to what this restart looks like, whether it's the eight game kind of ramp up with the regular season finish where everyone's jockeying for seeding, or it's just you want to fast forward right into the playoffs. How deep is Brad Stevens going with that bench? You know, is this situation different from a normal situation? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think the the only difference, you know, that, that comes jumps off the board to me is that these guys haven't. This is basically like a new season, right? They're not that they're not at the tail end of playing eighty two games and then going into the playoffs. So they might have a little bit more juice in their legs. That's why I think like a guy like LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. You look, you look at the team out in L A. with the Lakers. They're going to be able to lean on those guys maybe even more than they would have in a regular postseason. Mm. But those guys also might be a little bit more rustier than they would be in a regular postseason because they haven't had enough time, you know, as an older player, who knows? Maybe LeBron takes a little bit to warm up. Um, And there's many other players out there that could happen to. But that's the only difference that I see is really that teams might be able to rely on their top players more um, to play more minutes because they're not at the tail end of a really long, arduous season. I think Brad Stevens is probably going to do that. I envision an eight-man rotation of of close to 20 minutes and then maybe a couple other guys and some spot minutes around there. Like, Obviously, he's not only going to play eight guys in a, te- in, in a game. It might happen um, in a must-win, like, game seven situation. But I think that some other guys are going to trickle in there for a couple minutes each game, um, maybe just for some spot minutes if someone gets in foul trouble and whatnot. Um, but I, I really do think he's going to lean heavily on those top – seven or eight players for really the high majority of minutes. And this is, you know, given that we hope that Kemba Walker can make it through those types of minutes, but if he yeah. can't, maybe someone else makes it in there and gets some more time. That's where I wanted to go next. You know, Brad doesn't seem to 
like the word worried or concerned, but how should we feel about where things stand with Kemba Walker right now with an injury that even after basically four months off and not being able to do anything but kind of work out on his own and, and try and get that bothersome knee back on track, this dates back to mid-January and he's still feeling the effects of it. Yeah, so what I've been telling people who have asked me about this is, number one, you can't just go from nothing to right into full-fledged practice if you're a guy who's coming off an injury, and, and that's what Kemba Walker was doing. Um, number two, he didn't have the Celtics staff with him rehabbing. So you, I'm sure both of you, I hope, have gone through some form of, of rehab in your life at some point. You need someone there to kind of be moving your arm, to giving you resistance, et cetera, et cetera. Kemba Walker didn't have that for those four months that he was down in Charlotte living at his house. It was just him uh, and Gr- Grant Williams. Was I was going to say he had Grant. Maybe he was his step-in <laughs> physical therapist, but he didn't have that. So he didn't go yeah. through like a regular rehab that you would anticipate. He didn't have all of the bells and whistles of, of a Celtics strength and conditioning room to be able to strengthen that knee. So they he came back, he experienced a little pain in what they decided, discomfort, however you want to phrase it, he came back and what they decided after that is that they just need to gradually work him back in. So there was a lot of fuss about it up until Thursday of last week when all we had heard is that he's not practicing, but really what the team was doing was just giving him time off so that they could strengthen that need before they worked him into the one day one off, um, you know, path that he's gone through over the last week or so. Um, Since then we've heard he's gone through practice. He's been okay. Um, They're, they're slowly ramping him back up. He said the other day he thinks he's going to be fine and, and he's positive about the entire situation. So I just think that people started to get a little bit caught up with it, in it when they heard at the beginning that he experienced a little discomfort during that first practice. But to me, that was kind of to be expected because he didn't have um, a trainer down there working with him or, or a physical therapist. And he didn't have a strength and conditioning room to actually do the type of strength exercises that he would do if he was with the team like he is right now. So now he's been doing that since he's been back with the team and I think he's going to be okay. Um, We'll have to see about what the next few years are. No one knows, uh, but hopefully the Celtics will be able to put together a plan that'll, that'll have him be able to last long-term and be the guy that he's been for the last six years in the NBA moving forward for the next three. Yeah. Kemba's, you know, the, Everybody wants to talk about the X factor and, you know, obviously Tatum being the 30 point or upper 20 point uh, per game score that he has been since, I don't know, since mid January um, is a huge point, but like Kemba's ability to give him a break and to take over the offense and to, to score in the fourth quarter, like he has been uh, the beginning part of the year is going to be what makes or break this team. Like as much as I love Tatum's development, on both ends of the floor. It's not just offense. You see it on the offensive end, but his defensive prowess this year has been literally unbelievable. Um, but he needs help in terms of just he can't be the go-to guy every single play. And having a really killer number two scorer like a Kemba Walker would be would go a long way. And if, if Kemba's going to be banged up at all, um, it minimizes his effectiveness. Like he's you – know, I was listening to Zach the other day. His, if his knee isn't healthy, it takes away his speed. It takes away his agility, his burst. And Kemba's game – you know, as, as good of a three-point shooter as he is, he's a great three-point shooter, but he's a guy that lives in the lane, gets to the free-throw line a little bit, you know, draws contact, and by getting into the lane is able to kick it out to other guys for open shots. So 
as much as I am optimistic about this whole thing, um, if anything goes wrong, I'm not quite sure if Boston has the horses to keep up with the upper echelon teams of the NBA, not just not just Milwaukee, but a team. And I'll even throw Toronto in there because Toronto has so many guys to throw at you, and Nick Nurse has been a, an unbelievable coach his first year and a half in the league. Um, but the, the, the Clippers, the, the, the Rockets, if they get that far, and I don't think they'll get that far, but the Lakers as well. There's so much firepower that you're going to need all the horses you could possibly have uh, for Boston. And if, if Kemba's going to be banged up and Hayward's going to potentially leave at some point, uh, it, it doesn't look so hot for Boston and their prospects for an NBA title this year. Yeah, and let me talk to you a little bit about the importance of Kemba. It's, it's not just to have that number two scorer who can be the number one for five, ten minutes a game when you want to give Tatum a break. It's the person that you need to have on the other side of the, of the court that the ball can be skipped to when Jason Tatum gets trapped. Because when you get him trapped and he gets the ball out of his hands and then you've got Kemba Walker who's catching it, and who can attack the gla- attack the paint, potentially drive and kick, finish at the rim, take a spot spot up three pointer, catch and shoot three pointer. That is a dynamic team when you can have one guy being trapped on on one side of the court, and then on the other side of the court is the guy Kemba Walker. Uh, what is he, a five time All Star at this point, um, waiting to catch the ball and go at the rim. So that's what I think is the most important aspect of having a healthy Kemba Walker out there is having that guy who's on the other side of the court um, to, to be able to really dominate a game when the ball gets skipped out of Jason Tatum's hands if he continues to play. The, he's going to get trapped. He's going to face every type of defense during the playoffs if he continues to play at the level that he did since December or January-ish. If he does that, Kemba Walker and the rest of the guys on the team are going to be the guys who the ball, fly, the ball flies into their hands after – the other team traps and gets the ball out of Tatum's hand. So that's why I feel like Kemba is so important to this team because he adds that level of depth and has another all-star on that other side of the court waiting to catch the ball. All right, Mark, you got to get going in a couple of minutes, but uh, I do want to bring this up. We can have some fun with it for a moment. I brought this up to you once before off the air, uh, so maybe you know where I'm going with this, but never before on the air. Evan, you don't even know about this, and I've never talked about this on the show. So this is just a a fun little thing. It's more for the people that are unfortunately watching this this podcast as opposed to listening to it if you're finding us on iTunes or wherever. If you're on the CLNS YouTube page and you're watching, this is where you can get some enjoyment out of just this moment. So – all right. The, the, the very short bullet point story is this. One of my very first jobs, and it was awful, I worked at a dentist office. And this was going back to, I did, like, did filing and that sort of thing. Uh, and I was in, I was in high school, very beginning of high school. And so the guy who owned the practice, a really nice guy, diehard Celtics fan, season ticket holder, maybe he still is for all I know, but for decades at that point in time. And this had to be, uh, I guess it would be early, what, mid-90s, mid to late 90s. So anyway, he one day gave me a pair of sneakers that he said, I got this at some Celtics event, whatever. I, I don't even know who they belong to, but I know they were Celtic players. And so they maybe they were in the 80s, early 90s, and, but they're not signed or anything. They're just sneakers. And I don't, for the life of me, know who these belong to i i I, i'm desperate to know like what's what's that they're still in great shape yeah well it's not like i've worn them they're uh their size how big are these shoes their size 16 their size 16 sneakers okay i don't know if there is anyone that is still with the organization 
that might be able to look at these or get any sort of details from them, or if there's someone out there in the internet sleuthing community that can tell us who in the world these might have belonged to. They're Nikes. I mean, I have, n- I have no idea. And it's ki- for years, it has killed me, Mark. You're like the closest link I have short of calling Danny Ainge and saying, Danny, how do I figure this out? This is how you figure it out. Tell me. You are going to have to send in a request to the NBA for okay. Celtics game footage from 1985 <laughs> to 1995. You're going to have to turn into Brad Stevens. Yeah. And you're going to have to watch film 24 hours a day to be able to wait and see until that very moment that you've been waiting for. Like, these are the shoes. Years to be able to see the man who was on the court with those sneakers on. I knew I should have cozied up to Jamie Young or something like that. Like someone who's who maybe just would know that. Is, is... No, there, really, there, there aren't many people with the team right now that were here during that time frame. Yeah. Be able to tell you that type of detail. Honestly, I mean, I'm thinking Jeff Twist, Dwayne Jones. Yeah. Like, there, there just aren't that many people. And then we're talking about sneakers here. We're not talking about like. Who's the player who wore number six or seven? Right, or exactly. Yeah, something that you can find on the internet. Yeah, it's not something that, I mean, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, is Jeff Twist going to remember what sneakers Kemba Walker was wearing, let alone whoever <laughs> that player might have been? It could have been a player at the end of the bench. Who knows? But I just don't know if anyone has that level of detail in their yeah. memory to be able to remember who wore those. So you're going to have to turn into Brad Stevens and just I tell you. straight up watch film. I mean, at least the size 16 might now. What's the average shoe size for an NBA player? That I don't know, but I would guess it's probably somewhere around there, maybe like 14 yeah. to 17, somewhere in there. I can't tell you the number of times my wife has been like, why don't you just throw these out? Like, you're never going to fix. It's like, well, they, these could be Eric Montross sneakers. You think I'm just going to junk these? And here's the thing is that if you do happen to find out whose shoes those are, yeah, then you can track that man down and then you can get him signed. This is what I'm saying. You've yeah. got to dive into the film. You've got to take the project on. If it means that much to you, dive up the film. I mean, clearly, I have, I, I, have, I have nothing but time. I randomly have one of Chris Joseph's shoe, which is a nice, like, Celtics-Syracuse overlap that we have yeah. going on here. Yeah. Uh, I, I may or may not have acquired that shoe uh, in a different state of mind, uh, but I had it in the back of my car one morning. I didn't really remember how it got there. Evan, are you a Cuse guy? Absolutely. All right, I'm from I'm from upstate New York, so I'm I'm from near there. I'm a huge sports fan. I didn't go there, yeah. uh, but quick Chris Joseph story. So when he was with the Celtics, and we went over to um, Milan, uh, we walked into the court uh, for one of the games, and there was this group of people who were all wearing Syracuse stuff. This is Italian people that were wearing Chris Joseph Syracuse paraphernalia. Right. And I was standing there with him, and I was like, "Did you see this over here?" And he's like. I didn't know the Syracuse fans were, were over in Italy. But, yeah, no, it was Love really it. funny. Right when we walked out on the court, they were chanting his name, and a bunch of people had Syracuse jerseys on and, and wearing the, you know, orange hats. And I'm like, where did this come from? I did not expect this from, from Italy. I didn't know Syracuse was a thing over here. I appreciate everybody repping it, though. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Got to get that orange out. Mark, yeah. we're going to let you go. I don't have it in front of me. When's the first preseason game at this point? Friday. So we can't call them preseason games, okay? Yeah, I get or re, restart scrimmages. exhibition game. What? Yeah, what scrimmages? What do we call no, this? Celtics Friday at five thirty against Oklahoma City, and then they'll be back at us Sunday afternoon. So got a couple of them coming up for the weekend. Live basketball? Could you ask for anything more? 
Go figure. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Banner 18. Can't wait. Parade to look a little different this year. Mark D'Amico, reporter for the Celtics, writer, analyst. He's a talking head. He does a bit of everything, and uh, maybe he can be a sneaker sleuth for us as well. We appreciate your time, buddy. No problem. Thanks. Talking head, that's probably the best way to describe me, though. There you go. All right. Want to remind people, this show brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today if you're exclusive sign-up bonus. For Mark, Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. As Mark said, basketball, live basketball, games against other people, it's actually coming back real soon. Enjoy.